Yes, you're wrong, the podcast where we talk trash about the things people love to hate and hate to love. And we're your hosts, Shelby and Matt. And I am in the middle of a crisis <laughs> at the moment. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's a story I know all too well, you could say. Um, yeah, but... <laughs> <laughs> wink, 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 nudge, nudge. Uh, Beyonce tickets are, on, are in the middle of a month-long sale. Yeah, I'm not exaggerating. Early. They're literally on sale for a month. Um, through like a number of different pre-sale groupings for different cities. And if you have a city card and if you have, we're on a Beyonce uh, email list. And if you're a Verizon member and all of these things yeah. and like every day you get a, you get a email that says whether you're waitlisted or whether you get a code. And if you get a code, you basically get tickets. But if you don't have no. a code <laughs> and you can't get tickets at all. Um, and ever, and then you're like trying to figure out which of your friends have gotten the codes and which, who hasn't and who's getting tickets. And then (sighs) it's like New York is this week, Mm -hmm. but then if that doesn't work, then I'm signed up for Tampa and Pittsburgh. So uh... will I be going to see Beyonce in Tampa? (laughs) Unclear. I I just feel like in my bones, I'm going to end up in like Muncie, Indiana in the nosebleed (laughs) somehow watching her. And it'll be a dream come true. Um, something. Yeah, I mean, I think it's interesting to think of what this process would have been like if if things with Taylor had gone differently. Because this does seem a little bit more like, you know what? I refuse. I refuse to have another Senate hearing where people are quoting Beyonce at me. Yes. And so Ticketmaster is like, we will divide this up into as many tiny little morsels as we can. And the people will not be able to sustain their anger at us for this month-long period. <laughs> Well, I think they're like, we are not going to have this shut down. Yeah. Like, we are not going to have this break and have to keep yeah. changing things. So we will be letting six people into the ticket yeah. queue at a time. <laughs> they will have their time to leisurely select a ticket. <laughs> and then they will exit. And then the next one will come in. And we will be doing this round the clock for a month. Also, yeah. like, they are so communicative and their tech or in their tweets. Like, if you follow the Ticketmaster Twitter, oh. it's like every 12 minutes they're like, okay. And now we've re- we've moved 65 people from the wait list <laughs> to the ticket queue for the Montgomery, Alabama show. Isn't that oh. exciting? And every person who tweets like, I was on waitlisted and then I finally got a ticket. They're like retweeting from the Ticketmaster account. We're like, we get it. There's this like, good like vibes six only. people have been bumped from the wait list like, and they all got yeah. the ticket. Yeah. Ugh. I guess it is like, it is to your point exhausting to have to like check in every day, but there is maybe some a better sense of control instead of the absolute madness and like just chaos that was waiting in a queue for six hours. Um, But it'll be interesting to see how it plays out because they said that there's, what was their stat? That there was was 800% higher demand than tickets. But I don't like, I'm confused though what that math looks like. Cause like, for example, me, like I signed up for, (laughs) Um, like I signed up for my 
for for two different for three different pre-sales in New York, but then also three different pre-sales in right. Tampa and in Pittsburgh. So does that count as nine or does yeah. that only count as one? And then it's like <laughs> I had my siblings sign up. I had you sign yeah. up. Like I've had other people and presumably, I mean, like I know people who got tickets today on the like first New York pre-sale round. Yeah. So it's like those people presumably have signed up for lots of other pre-sales and sure some of them will go on to buy extra tickets and go to multiple shows but probably lots of them won't so I'm kind of like how like how exactly are we counting this and sort of like as the rounds go will it be a lot easier because a lot of people that they're giving pre-sale codes to like actually don't need tickets because they already got them somehow or another well I guess Um, the question is if you get a pre-sale to one group a do you get pre-sale do you have a chance of getting pre-sale to group B. Because then know. on top of that, the pre-sale window, the sign-up, the registration window for group B is still open even no. for those who didn't get group the, A, I thought. The pre-sale windows are all closed now. Oh, they are? Yes. Oh, okay. Well, so you can't good. sign up for any of the... So everybody who signed up is signed up. But the it it, it is like... Yeah, like if I got a pre-sale code for group A, do, could I also get one for group B? Or like, do, do I need to have bought tickets in group A to not get one in group B? Right. Or can I buy tickets in both? And then obviously lots of people are buying tickets for people, for other people in their group. Because the max <laughs> yeah. you can get in this situation is four instead of six for Taylor. So yeah, that's also, you know, people are buying tickets for each other and whatnot. Um, uh, Like, I, in many ways, I love being a gay person, but... Gay people are also like stupid, and <laughs> no, uh, 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 that's not a fact. And this and podcast does not support that uh, no, logic. No, uh, it is. They like. I feel like as a group, they share like one brain cell sometimes. And if somebody <laughs> says like, "Oh, this is the cool thing that you should do," like whether or not they are interested in it at all, they are like, "This is the place to be," and this is, and I have to get my Instagram post for it because I know so many people who are like not Beyonce fans who I'm friends with. I have never heard them mention Beyonce. I, they, I've never like. Like you're gatekeeping Beyonce well, now. Well, no, but it's like then they're buying like seven hundred dollar tickets right. to this concert, and yeah. I'm like, yes, this concert is going to be great, and yes, Beyonce is awesome. Um, and would I spend seven hundred dollars? Probably, but <laughs> would I spend seven hundred dollars to go see, you know, I don't know, Madonna or SZA or like one of these people who I don't, <laughs> who I'm not like a massive fan of? No. Right. So I'm sort of like. Everybody just remember like the people who you actually like and go to their concerts and then just leave <laughs> the rest of us alone. Like you don't you don't have to show up to the Beyonce concert just because it's like the cool gay thing to do. We're painting in broad strokes here. I cannot speak No, I'm speaking specifically <laughs> about very particular groups of New York gays who have <laughs> expensive floor tickets when I know for a fact that they could not name more than 15 Beyonce songs gone to their head. 15? So, that's your limit? You think you can't go to a concert unless you can name 16 songs by an artist? No, I'm saying that if like Beyonce has hundreds of songs. You yeah. should be able to name a lot more than that, but if you can't name 15, it's like, what are you doing here? Okay. Should I try? Uh, sure. Okay. I have, I'm thinking of Cuff It, Alien Superstar, um, Love on Top. Uh, uh, see, I can't do these time, these, 
high pressure situations. Alien superstar. We already um, said that. The You've got three plastic currently. couch, plastic sofa, plastic Dear on the Lord. sofa, surfboard. <laughs> the good okay, news see, is I'm example. not trying to get tickets. Right? Yes. Um, but I could. I could if it's I, like if I'm not trying to buy Taylor to Swift tickets. Songs, I could do it. I, I leave just, that for you. Waste time. <laughs> I say there's Taylor fans in the world who are desperate for these tickets. I will let them have them. <laughs> I will not get involved. There's However. An... I know the songs. I do. I know I'm going to get heat from listeners for not being able to name 10 songs, but I could. I'm just bad under pressure, okay? I, I okay. don't do well okay. with tests mm-hmm. of my own making. I could name 15 Taylor Swift songs. I, I know, I'm but that's really because confident. you're good. You're like a trivia person. When I'm put on the spot, my mind goes blank. It's If you ask me, name 10 songs in 10 seconds for Taylor Swift, I oh, might not well, be able to do yeah, it. Yeah, no, that's also... Uh, the, the time limit is... is difficult would it help if you sang the beyonce songs yeah i could definitely could describe you hum the songs. 15 yeah <laughs> describe I could. Them. well yeah. there's that one where she sings about uh hot there's sauce something the about um, uh, yeah <laughs> does destiny's child count because that could i help. mean sure at this point yeah <laughs> we'll go with it we'll take whatever um but no that but was some of the these thing- people i don't even think could name a, be- a destiny's child song yeah, Maybe they no, can it is survivor. frustrating. It is frustrating. And, you know, having having been on, like, the floor for a Taylor Swift concert, it's interesting to watch who's there because, for the most part, the biggest fans, the loudest fans are in the nosebleeds. They're, like, up top. And the people who are up front are just people who, like, show up. And they're not, like, big fans. Like, I watched people, like, walk off stage for half the show to go get drinks. Or they were like, I've never heard of this song. And it was, like, one of her top 20, you know? So it's, like, it is interesting to watch these people go there for the moment or because they have the money, so why not? And you're like, no, I want to prove my worth here and you don't deserve the seat. So I get it. Yeah. Yeah. I hope you get there. I mean, I feel I feel fairly certain that I will be able to attend one concert in yeah. some capacity on this run. Yeah. However, like, will they be bad seats? Probably. <laughs> will they be in a far flung locale? Probably. Like, yeah. Will I have? To, will I will have, have to, to restrain myself from it. showing up <laughs> at MetLife Stadium and just choking out people in the parking lot? Probably. <laughs> Yeah, you got it. You have to slowly start pivoting to writing about music, and then you can get hired. Uh, you can get a press pass to attend a concert. I mean, so, yeah, there's always yeah. that hope. <laughs> I just have to become. I have to sleep with one of Beyonce's backup dancer. You know, I don't know. The, there's. I'm gonna have oh, to really start getting creative here. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna have to work as. I'm gonna have to go long, long con and get a job as like a hot dog vendor <laughs> at the Beyonce at the uh, location and then like yeah. quit that night mid uh <laughs> mid game and hide you know yeah <sighs> well I I had heard all these tips about people who like bought out they spent like two grand to buy out like a, one of the VIP boxes at a stadium when Taylor announced her tour and then by the time the tickets went on sale those were going for like twenty thousand and I don't know how you game that system, but you can look into that. Wait, like they they bought like the season passes or whatever? Yeah, like they, yeah, they somehow, yeah, they just bought like, because then they got first dibs or something on the space. And so then they just got the Taylor Swift tickets that night for 
in, I don't know. <laughs> You'd have to like yeah, Google Reddit. Maybe it or that's a better. Reddit, yeah. Maybe that's a better avenue of like trying to figure out which corporations have the corporate boxes yeah, and then exactly. trying to like buddy up with somebody who yeah. has one of those. Yeah. Just start like find a corporation that is sponsoring, you know, whatever. Go down there and set your like tinder status to zero feet and then just start matching with everyone in the building (laughs) yes (laughs) something will stick Uh, Uh, but speaking of beyonce uh the grammys the grammys Grammys. were last night Mm -hmm. um did you watch it i did not watch the grammys i got back from my book club retreat yesterday and was sort of tired and then I needed to go see uh, Knock at the Cabin yes. for our episode on Thursday. And I, I don't know, the, for as much as these Beyonce ticket sales make me mad, uh, the Grammys also make me mad. And I was like, this is just going to piss me off if I watch this. I'm going to not know half of these people. I'm going to be annoyed with the winners. I was like, let me just go watch Knock at the Cabin. Perfect. And it turns out there was no good option for me this weekend. <laughs> I was going to be pissed off at somebody no matter what um so i didn't watch the grammys but i watched all the clips and read like the articles and stuff about the main things that happened today and am annoyed yeah it was kind of i didn't watch it either i was watching it like through my twitter feed so i would see the people show up and watch the show like big moments um all in all it was like uh, you know I, i think the fashion matched the evening in that it was kind of bland and like the things that were meant to stand out were kind of disappointments like Harry Styles performance which I think ended up being the big one I mean no Beyonce nor Taylor Swift performed yes mm-hmm. so that Dumois whatever was <laughs> blind item was wrong yes. <laughs> but all the performances were like fine uh, a lot of conservatives got up I don't know terrified by sam smith's performance so i guess he did something right um harry styles the the stage they practice on went in a different direction than the stage the grammys did so the choreography was all off and that's why the performance was bad according to sources um and then trevor noah who was the host again i don't i don't know why he keeps getting these hosting gigs because I don't think he's exceptionally good at it. And there were also some really awkward presenters. And I don't know why Jill Biden was there for the songwriting award, but she was. Yeah. And um, yeah, as a whole, it was just like, I don't know. The Grammys get heat for being bad at choosing. And they also get heat for being sort of weird at putting on a show. And I think this was just kind of a forgettable year all around. I mean, this, this is what, the fifth year that we've probably talked about the Grammys on the podcast? Yeah. And I feel like every year we're like, these are stupid. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's like there's so many categories and their categories are so weird. And the nominating process is so like shrouded in mystery that yeah. there's sort of no merit to anything. Like it's really confusing as to how these things get picked. Um, well, did you read in, the like Vanity Fair or whatever article yes, of the, the like, bl- anonymous voters? <laughs> yes, and the things that they were thinking about. Yeah, crazy. Yeah. But yeah. The, but like the thing with the Oscars and with the Tonys, um, I guess the, the Emmys are also sort of massive and 
have their own issues. But like the Oscars and the Tonys, I think like have a limited number of awards, have a limited range of choices. And the committees who are putting them together are like, it's like the Academy, but the Academy (laughs) is built up of all people who are like actively in the industry. And I think especially in recent years, like they've been trying to make that more like, you know, sort of like everybody in the room here is, is, who is good is qualified where the Grammys are like these committees put together short lists, but you don't know who's on the committee or how they're selected. I was, I saw like Grimes was uh, tweeting about how she was on a committee one year and like, she was the only person who was under like the age of 40 (laughs) and she was trying to get certain people on like a short list and nobody else would let her like, it's all it's all very strange as to how it works. And so whenever something wins, you're like, what is going on? And yeah, the the Vanity Fair, like anonymous voter thing, everybody was like, we don't really like Beyonce because, you know, she's too, she's like trying to say too much or she's yeah. doing different things. It's like, what? They just come um, across like, like the most soured out version of like those who can't do teach. Like these are... These are people who aren't necessarily famous or known. They're usually like the the professionals behind the scenes types. And it seems like they just like get get off on like withholding certain prizes from people that they know deserve it and that the public is like obviously they deserve it. And I think it's like obvious with Beyonce, who's the most awarded Grammy artist after yesterday, but has never won album of the year. And time and again gets snubbed and like yeah they come up with these stupid reasons but it's almost like they just dangle it in front of her where it's like well we give you everything else but you're never gonna get this and like same with taylor swift who has one album of the year but the one award she does want is like songwriter of the year and she's never gotten that (laughs) and it's just like this year it went to like someone who herself was so shocked that she became an instant meme because how did she win against like Lizzo and Taylor and Harry and whatever. And so it is just kind of like this snooty, snobby, sort of bitter academy who seems uninterested in what they're meant to like love. Like they have no (laughs) interest in the, I don't know, like the reality of the art as it is today and like what influences it. So yeah, it was kind of weird to watch um, certain things win. And then of course, album of the year went to Harry Styles, which I frankly, like, I think that was one of the top contenders. I think it was her, him, Adele, and then Beyonce all kind of gunning for it as top dog. Obviously Beyonce should have won and was sort of assumed to be the winner, but then he won. And then, It was like fine because I was like, okay, I mean, it was a big album. He's been touring it. Like, it's like a very popular album. It's like, you know, not out of left field. But then his speech was just so bad that I was just like more mad. (laughs) Well, and the thing with Beyonce, it's like you could understand if it was sort of like that Oscar, that thing that happens with Oscars all the time where it's like we haven't given an award to Leonardo DiCaprio, but... Uh, we feel like we need to, so we're going to nominate him for these things that, like, aren't that great be- just because, like, he hasn't gotten an Oscar yet. But Beyonce is, like, the I feel like her last, like, four albums have all been, 
you know, sort of like these massive successes in new genre. Like you could very easily say like, this is her best work or it's innovative work. Like there's no reason to not give it to her. And every time you have more of this like overdue narrative, um, (laughs) she has won song of the year once for single ladies. She's never won record of the year and she's never won album of the year, even though she's won 30 some Grammys. They just like always nominate her in like the or give her awards in like the r&b urban (laughs) whatever categories and not in the big ones which yeah go to but but the big categories are confusing as well because like they're a whole like it's the most chaotic group of artists who you can't really compare their music you know it's like it's like Paul McCartney versus like Kendrick Lamar versus Olivia Rodrigo. You're like, what? Like, how are these <laughs> even like close to being similar? And then, and then you don't really know who the voters are. And some years it seems like everybody gets in line. Like when Billie Eilish won all of the awards <laughs> one year, but then like this year Lizzo won one and Harry Styles won the other. And then the it was like some old country singer won the third like it just made no sense like like there was no rhyme or reason to who won these categories and the fact that beyonce didn't win any of them when she probably should have won them all was strange yeah and then every time beyonce loses whoever does win is always (laughs) like uh beyonce like you should have won this well except harry well, except Harry, but like Lizzo basically <laughs> did, said that in her speech. Yeah. And so then that's awkward because then it's like, okay, well, Adele won this award and Adele is great, but now she has to sort of go through this rigmarole of like, well, like Beyonce, I wish that you would have got, yeah. like, you should have probably gotten this, but I'm happy I won it, obviously. <laughs> but like, it, yeah, it's just awkward and uncomfortable yeah. for everyone involved. Yeah, no, it. It was funny to see reactions to Lizzo. I was a huge Harry fan and she was so stoked and like jumped up immediately, blah, blah, blah. But then right across the table is Adele and she just looked like shocked and didn't clap the whole time. She was just like, what? And it's not like, like, I think Beyonce even understands like this is a joke because she's also made a point to not perform for the Grammy. She's like, you guys don't respect me, but I'll well, also show she showed up late to the ceremony. Yeah. yeah so it's like. I think she wasn't necessarily shocked, which isn't to say it's a good thing. But what I'm saying is that it was like all could have been fine. But then Harry Styles, just like he needs someone to work on his PR game because he kind of gets up there. And instead of like calling out the artist he was nominated with by name or referencing Beyonce, he instead like does this weird dance where he's like, oh, I've been... I've been so inspired by them. I I listen to everyone in this category when I'm alone. And I think it's like on nights like tonight, it's important to remember there is no such thing as best in music. And then he concludes it by saying, this doesn't happen to people like me very often, which like, like I honestly like did a spit take. It's like, wait, what? (laughs) Well, it's like, what? Like what? What type of person are you trying to talk about? Like yeah. white guy? Yeah, like, yeah, like hot white straight dude who's just like spicy enough. Like it's like I think what it comes down to is like he came from a poor family and he won some random TV concert contest and now look at him. But it's like I think he should have just phrased it like I can't believe this is happening to me instead of like yeah. this has never happened to people. Me, because again, you're in a room where everyone assumed 
everyone thought Beyonce would finally get it. And you get up there and you're like, well, well, shucks. I'm so lucky because this shouldn't have ever happened for me, the, the white guy in the room. And obviously, like, in music, there are the Gracie Abrams, like, of the world. Yeah. But I do feel like music is largely an industry that's full of a lot of people who grew up, like, yeah. poor or were sort of nobodies because of the whole, like, touring <laughs> aspect of, like, you you kind of have to be willing to, like, throw yourself into the fray and work these, like, insane hours just, like, driving around the countryside. Yeah. You know, like, performing at malls and stuff. So. Right. And it's yeah, been, like, I, a decade since you've even had to do that. Like, he's right. he's been fine for a decade. And, like, sure, it's like, oh, no one from a boy band makes it this far. It's like, well, okay, but he's so far I removed mean, from that, that. It's hard to even, like – it was unclear what he was referencing, yeah. per se, because it's, like, so far in his past that it's like, wait, what are we talking about here? Like, brunettes or what? Like, British guys? I don't know. <laughs> um. It was exciting that Viola Davis yes. e yes. at this for her audiobook. Yeah, and I think it's like, I don't know, there's like 20 people who have an EGOT, but then on top of that, she's like one of the few who's done it for performances in every yes. uh, avenue. So usually someone will get like a producing credit for a Grammy, but she's she was the performing artist for all of them, which is pretty dope. Yeah, which is... Surprising. Um, anything else from the Grammys that we need to? Well, I just love watching J Lo and Ben Affleck, and just I want a documentary about that relationship because oh, I ben don't Affleck know why. Miserable to be there. I mean, it's like I get it if you're an introvert and you're not having a good time, or you have like a case of the resting bitch face or something. But he seems like real down, and it's like maybe he should have stayed home. I don't know. <laughs> Well, I'm also interested on your take on the uh, Harry Styles, um, Taylor Swift stuff. Because oh. I, I kept seeing on Twitter, like, pictures of the two of them talking or whatever, yeah. which I was sort of like, okay, this is probably nothing. But yeah. I wasn't sure if, like, they've been, they have they've, been cordial yeah. since, like, previously. Yeah, well, they were last photographed at the at the previous Grammys where she won album of the year. And she, like, went up to him and said hi or whatever. I think it's interesting that she's the one who always approaches him and seems like desperate to not make it a thing. And I think that's like a smart move because the headlines would have been like trying to get them in a single frame together to be like, oh, are they looking at each other type thing? Mm -hmm. But I really don't think it's like that deep anymore. You know, it was like a two month relationship. It inspired one of the best albums of her career. And she's been able to move on and like it's been in a relationship for five years now. So. Which one is the Harry Styles album? Is that 1989? Yeah. Yeah. So I think they're doing just fine. Um, Do you think Joe Alwyn gets jealous that he hasn't made as good an album? (laughs) Yeah, Joe Alwyn is like, Even though she's written 75,000 songs on the last bunch that she's released. Yeah. I mean, I would welcome a surprise Harry Styles collab, but I doubt that will ever happen. Especially because he doesn't seem... Like he wants to in, sing like, back up on one yeah. verse of a song for her. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like he could get a verse on style, the uh Taylor's version, you know, it'd be iconic. I, I saw that but... um I saw that Lana Del Rey did an interview and someone asked her about the song, the Taylor Swift song that she had, and she was like, Oh, I thought there was gonna be like a lot of people on the album and that 
so I was like happy to do vo- like background vocals or whatever. But she was like, if if I had known I was the only person who was going to be doing it, I would have sang a verse. Oh, really? <laughs> and I was like, oh, well, okay. That's funny. I'm going to look that up for later for sure. <laughs> um, But yeah. Uh, any any other pop culture news? Um, I know that's probably good enough. <laughs> I mean, I vented about the Beyonce tickets and then we hit all of the grand yeah, stuff. Yeah, that's where we are. <sighs> okay, love it or hate it? Yeah. Um, so I've been um, reading books. I know. Shocker. Oh. But I haven't, I don't know. I've been catching up on movies, whatever. It hasn't been like a great uh, theater moment for me. But I did just read a book called... Um, uh, Dinosaurs by Lydia Millet. Millet. Of course you would. Millet. Did you read it? No, but I. But any book called Dinosaurs, oh. I'm <laughs> shocking that it found its way into your hands. Well, it's not at all about dinosaurs. Um, oh well, but must have been it a disappointment. is called that. So, uh, <laughs> but it's just like it's this little story. It's a very fast read. It's like 200 pages, but it's about this man who decides to move from New York to Arizona after like a bad breakup and it's just like little it's just like this sort of year in the life of him trying to find a new community and it's peppered by these stories about the birds in his neighborhood like the different birds he sees and their different characteristics hence the word hence the title dinosaurs um, oh cause dinosaurs because dinosaurs evolved from birds or whatever yeah yeah and so it was it was really fun and clever and sweet and I'm usually a sucker for the most depressing book on earth. But I liked that this was so much about like community being more than just family, being more than just social and more about like how if you can't like find your root somewhere, then what is what is this place? Like what is a home really? And I think that that was like a really – it was just like a very soft and sweet look while also being like clever and – funny at times and also just like a nice set of complicated characters interacting with each other and I can't really think of similar comps but it was just like it was just a nice break and to remember that even though there are bad people it's also like we're all just trying to find you know something to make it a little bit better here and it usually comes down to community and like the the way we build relationships with each other and what we take from one another versus what we should be trying to gain from one another. And I thought mm. that was nice. I mean, the world is full of people who aren't fans of Beyonce, but who will buy <laughs> yeah. Beyonce tickets and not give yeah. Beyonce tickets to the people who are Beyonce fans. I know. It's hard. And yeah, it's hard. It's tough. I know. Have you read Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow yet? Yes. Yeah. Did you like it? That's my I book did. club book for next month. And oh, yeah. It's I feel good. like everybody's talking about it. Don't I have no idea what it's about, so don't tell me anything. No, but, I okay. won't. It's nice I'm though. More, I'm it's more much. That's it. like a much longer. That's like an epic. You know, like yes. four hundred pages. Well, you stuff. know, I love that kind of. Yeah, book. yeah. The longer, the better. So. Yeah, that goes again across decades. So this is like a really easy breezy it read. I read it in a like little two bit, hours. like less kind of. Yeah, but less like kind of cloying. <laughs> Rude. Rude! How dare you? Um, okay, uh, my love it is eighty for Brady. Oh, okay, yeah, that makes sense. 
which for those of you who are unaware, it is a movie with Rita Moreno, Lily Tomlin, Jane Fonda, and Sally Field, who play 80-year-old women who are big fans of the New England Patriots. And it's set, it's based on a true story and set a few years back when uh, the New England Patriots won the Super Bowl before Tom Brady like retired mm. and then came back and then got a divorce and all of that jazz um which is funny because you can definitely tell that there was probably a cut of the movie that had some giselle shots in it and then they <laughs> had to cut the giselle shots out so you like see the back of her head in one scene but um the uh so it's about these friends they one of them thinks that she's dying so she decides hey I want to go to the Super Bowl. Like this might be the last time Tom Brady's there. He's old in his career. We're old in our lives. We love this. Like, let's go. And so it's sort of just like a, not a, not necessarily like a road trip movie, but sort of that energy <laughs> about like four front, four old ladies, like going to the Super Bowl and they go to like pregame things and then end up at a party with a bunch of players and then, you know, like run in with celebrities and then they lose their tickets and they're trying to get in. And and it's it's very campy. It's like exactly what you would think it would be. It's sort of I feel like in the genre of like book club and those kind of <laughs> Um, movies, but it's just like very sweet and very fun and a good time. I feel like it knows exactly what it's trying to be and does that perfectly. Sally Field and Lily Tomlin, I think, are so funny and everything that they do, and they're both great here. Um, like Billy Porter shows up randomly. They're like Tom Tom Brady is in like two scenes that are pretty funny. Um, so yeah, all in all, it's 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 a very like enjoyable movie if you like those kind of actresses or if you're looking for something that's lighter um, or if you are like going to see a movie with your mom, you know, that kind of thing. This is a great pick. <laughs> that makes the cut. I mean, yeah, I'm happy to hear it was good because I know you were looking forward to it. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like I was in the tank for it. So as long as it was like knew what it was doing and delivering that to me, I was going to like it. Um, yeah. But yeah, I feel like it's it's nice when a movie like knows what it's doing and just does that and isn't trying to like be something that it's not. Um, and this checked all the boxes. So. I mean, what a good segue uh, to introduce our Thursday episode. Yeah. Um, for M. Night Shyamalan's latest, Knock at the Cabin. Knock at the Knock, knock at the Cabin. <laughs> knock at the Cabin, which is truly the most confusing title. It's knock like it should cabin. be knock at the door or then knock at the and knock at the cabin door or it's like knock at the knock cabin. at the cabin. It's not an a invitation, great a warning. It's knock at the cabin, knock at the cabin, knock at the cabin. And we knocked at the cabin <laughs> and watched the movie, and we'll be talking about it on Thursday. I have a lot of thoughts about this. I film. do too. Um, so I'll be excited to get into it. Yeah. Uh, by Thursday, maybe I will have Beyonce tickets. Probably not, uh, yes, but um, stay tuned for next week to determine if something like that happened. Thoughts and prayers. Okay, uh, I'll talk to you guys later. We'll see you on Thursday. Bye. Bye.